Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to Love Cars on the Grid, your global motorsport podcast roundup. What a weekend of motorsport with Formula One, of course, and there's plenty of gossip, and it was a max masterclass in Zandvoort. Uh, chaotic F2, actually. There's F3 as yeah. well. Horse Super Cup. Um, what else was there? MotoGP? Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Ducati comeback, actually. And then over in the what? USA, uh, there was all to play for at Portland in the, in the IndyCar playoffs, and... Uh, NASCAR, I think NASCAR's every week, isn't it? But um, <laughs> never ends. Uh, it was. I mean, let's start with Max Verstappen because yeah. I hate him. What it's just, him and Red Bull. What together they are just so perfect, aren't they? They're so dominant. It was a shame they weren't that dominant. Because obviously, Perez, you know, almost looked embarrassed again. You know, and I think Mercedes is almost showing Red Bull that you know that everyone says they want a number one and number two that can, on a good day, always finish first and second or second and third, you know, to block the other team getting points. Um, and I think, you know, the only team with two number ones to me is Lewis and George. Because uh, Chico now is dropping back and uh, science Carlos, he, he's having not quite as quick as Leclerc. So they're both being shown up a bit. And OK, science had troubles with his first pit stop. Another Ferrari wonder when uh, a wheel missing. Uh, and later well, it wasn't in the race, just, he also, hang on a minute, it wasn't he just got done for, He got done for release, didn't he? He got exactly. done for an unfair release, so he dropped right back in the results. First so pit stop took 12.7 seconds. The second yeah. pit stop, unfair yeah. release. He's saying that he saved the life of one of the um, McLaren <laughs> mechanics. But also, if you remember, they left the, uh, the tyre jack gun out as well yeah left a gun out <laughs> Sergio drove over calamity Ferrari calamity but no it was such a shame really because it was going to be a much more Max would have won anyway but I mean all this Yuki the Yuki <laughs> pantomime going on and then of course Valtteri breaking down because it was great strategy with saying he's got his one stop right way to the end with the white so, so Max if it just stayed as an open race Max would have stopped to get his reds, his last stint, would have fallen behind both Mercedes and then with a sort of two-second lap advantage, that straight-line speed with DRS and when the Red Bulls can drive by anything, drive by a rocket ship. But we would have had, in the last 10 laps, Max catching George, overtaking George, catching Lewis, overtaking Lewis. You know, the, 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 Dutch, I mean, the Dutch fans don't need much encouragement to go mad. They would have gone... They were brilliant. They it would have imploded. I mean, that, so that would, it was so much more exciting to finish the race than, than what happened, you know, with Lewis left out on old tyres and moaning and getting upset. It was almost like a rerun of Abu Dhabi, wasn't it? Where he was, he was stuck out. For, it was a lame duck, really, from as soon as they didn't pit. Whereas George said, I'm coming in, I'm coming in for Reds and, and you know, benefited by, by moving up to second place. And but should that be Lewis George's call or should that be the team's call? I think sometimes the driver has to get involved. I don't think, you know, I think George has been quite good at this. He's did a few, there's another race earlier when he demanded different tyres and it all, wouldn't let them have any came in. He's quite good, George. He seemed to, you know, he's, he's quite this quiet schoolboy look and behind is this man of steel that uh, knows what he wants and uh, goes to get it. So The thing is, hindsight's perfect. We've all got a PhD in hindsight. So yeah. I'm thinking that's really uh, bad etiquette of George and, and uh, very disrespectful to the team because he's, He's looking after himself, not the team. But actually, they wouldn't have been able to hold off Max anyway. They, no. George might have held him off for half a lap. Yeah. Then the next lap, he would have he would have flown yeah. past Lewis. So yeah. 
as it happened, it, it was the best strategy, but probably would have been even better if, if Lewis went in for some sauce. But it's so hard when you're in the lead. You're a sitting duck, as you say. But it's a funny Grand Prix. There was quite a bit of overtaking. It was when, when the tyres are different, you know, they, they can get by with, with the DRS. It, it's a spectacular bull ring of a track, but it's not the greatest circuit for overtaking, but it's a, a spectacle. And I think it's a bit like we say now that, you know, Formula One goes where, where an event is going to be successful. The track doesn't have to be a good racing circuit. And of course, you know, with the Max Verstappen, um, it was a, a no-brainer to award a Dutch Grand Prix because they knew they're going to get these huge crowds, guaranteed. So, Well, the crowds made the Grand Prix. I, I actually yeah. enjoyed Sandville. I know it's a bit of a cart track, but I actually yeah. enjoyed it. Uh, there was some quite interesting uh, overtaking, not just in the obvious... Yeah, Alonso, another Fernando. I mean, he just, just gets his head down. Well, he was 13th on the grid and battled through to six with the right strategy and some good moves. Because I think they moved on. Did they go one-stopping as well? I think that's how he got up there. Um, Lando Norris qualified seventh, finished seventh. So he doesn't, for once, he wasn't the best of the rest. A couple of good, um, couple of guys that often get criticized and uh, fighting for their lives. Well, Lance Stroll doesn't have to fight for his life because I think Danny will keep him in the team. But he had a good, he qualified tenth and finished tenth to get the last point. Mick Schumacher, you know, everyone's kicking him out, but all of a sudden qualified eighth. I mean, dropped down to 13th. Was, well, Kevin was, you know, wild Kevin on lap one again. Kevin, you know, if you're not bumping into to, to Lewis on the outside, you're bumping into the barriers on the outside. And Kevin needs to calm down a bit occasionally, I think, although he's a great character and great fun. Um, Alex Albon, another good, solid race for Williams, qualified 50, got it was 12th. But uh, I think we're definitely going to be saying goodbye to Nicolas Latifi, who, you know, was way outclassed. And he's got his new chassis now, hasn't he? And so he's sort of run out of excuses. So we're going um, to also be saying Arrivederci to the Ferrari strategy team because they don't seem, <laughs> they seem to cock it up every single race, don't they? There's always something these days. It's difficult. It's difficult. But, I mean, um, you're making decisions. We've got all the data right in front of us. We're watching on the TV and they're showing all the different data and the analysis, but they've just got yeah. their data. I know they've got access to other stuff as well, but it's a tough job. And, and like I said, yeah. hindsight is perfect, isn't it? We, we're all good at that. Of course, the other driver in a miserable time, I think, was saying goodbye to his Ricardo Daniel. I mean, terrible weekend. I mean, so off the pace and just not with the game. And uh, slots are disappearing fast. Although that's all kicking off. That's well, the let's other have a chat about Twitter. that now. Yeah, but... I mean, super license. <laughs> oh, well, first of all, Oscar Piastri won his case, or at least McLaren did. And I think having read the stories that have come out now, because I criticised you know, Piastri a lot in the last time when he came out with this, you know, I'm not driving for you. You know, you've spent millions of pounds on me. Um, and he tweeted, you know, I'm not with you, I'm with McLaren. But, you know, it's all gone back. I mean, you look at all the, the Alpine dithering about contracts. You know, Mark Webber was trying to get things secure. And, um, you know, quite obviously, you know, Alpine, they were doing the right thing for Oscar because Alpine weren't committing to a race seat. And, you know, and then Alonso turned up and he all went pear-shaped. So I'm delighted now Oscar Piastri's at McLaren, you know, which means Ricardo, we all know he was going. But the big thing is this superlicer with Colton Herter. It's just so ridiculous. Now, it's the most well, ridiculous thing I've ever heard in motor racing. I have to state ever. my case because I, me, Tiff Nadell, was the first person to be refused a super license. <laughs> so I've got a bit of a vested interest here. This is 1979. Yeah, hang on a minute. Did you, did you win up. seven IndyCar races? No, no. no don't have a go. He's done better than me, has, has been not allowed one. But they wrote the rules for the first, and it's, how, it's what's written in the rules. They don't think wide enough. Because the very first super license rules in 1979 said you had to get so many top five finishes in F3 or F2 uh, international or uh, you know, other races around the world. And I was then offered an ensign drive in the middle of 1979. 
And this, I'm fortunate, was in the middle of the, the Feast of Foker battle between Balestra at the FIA and Max Motley and Bernie Eccleston at Foker trying to take over the championship. So I didn't have the Brits on my side. And when I was offered a deal, I thought, fine, and Ensign applied for my super licence and found that the regulation state of the F3 results and F2 had to be international events. And the Formula 3 series, the British Formula 3 Championship, which was the most competitive when all around the world, it was the championship everyone came to. Nelson Piquet won the championship that year. Chico Serra went to Formula Derek Warwick was second in the championship. I was fourth in the championship. But to save costs, the British, because they ruled the world, insisted all the drivers took British licences out so you could run under a national permit, which saved the British organisers money. So instead of spending money on the FIA, um, they just did it as a national permit. So the French just said, no, no. Tiffany Dell's results, they are national results. I finished second in a Formula Two, Formula One race, the British Formula One Championship, Zolder. Uh, I finished third, fourth in Formula Two races. And they just said, no, 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 because I didn't fit the written criteria. So now we've got exactly the same thing with, with Colton Herter. It was quite obviously a talented... He's proved he can drive IndyCars. He's won seven IndyCar races because the way the rules are written. I mean, the points are great. I've always supported the point system being there um, because I think you've got to stop a 16-year-old with a billionaire father, you know, buying his way through. So we need to make sure drivers that get into F1 have a certain amount of, of success and speed, you know. Um, but obviously, a seven-time IndyCar winner is sufficient. So if there's not a panel you can apply to, you know, and say, well, look, you know, the, the rules weren't written cleverly enough or you didn't think wide enough. I mean, now we've got, we've got Domenicali. What are you saying now? The rules, we must respect the rules. This is a Formula One FIA man saying we must respect the rules. What, like they've been doing so successfully over the last year or so. Um, so obviously I've got, I am, you know, I am the sort of Colton Herter, but it just seems, because it'd be an amazing impact to have him over. He might be rubbish. I don't care if he has one year and he doesn't prove himself. But the point is he's not going to drive into people or knock people off the road. And it's got worse today because the Twitter today, Christian Horner has said that the only driver that they're going to put in now for Towery is Colton Herter. So this all of a sudden affects um, Pierre Gasly going to Alpine. Because if they can't get Colton and Herter in the car, they're not going to release... Uh, um, um, Gasly this is the rumour so it would upset the whole car because obviously Gasly when I wants to go LP the deal's on and uh, um, and Red Bull wants Colton Herter in their car so you've got to, it's not like this is a kid trying to buy his way in it's not like he's got a billionaire you know I don't want a phone call just now I'm right in the middle of my rant whoever that was calling so <laughs> You know, it's not like a, 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 an uncompetitive kid trying to buy into Formula 1 or a novice that shouldn't be on a Formula 1 grid. So quite obviously, there should be a committee that sits down and says, well, yeah, OK, we'll just write the rule, rewrite the rules a bit to, to make it correct. But all the other Formula 1 teams all say no as well. And, oh, bitchy, bitchy, bitch. It, it is Hold ridiculous. So, but, but, but surely, like you said, the solution should be that they should sit down and say, actually, yeah. let's rewrite this a little bit because if, yeah, you, yeah. if you've won an IndyCar race yeah. or, or uh, NASCAR <laughs> or whatever, maybe not NASCAR, but you, but you know what I mean. If you uh, There's got to be a clause, yeah. you know, between them. This is my trouble is it was Balestra versus Eccleston. In fact, I got my BMW M1 race at Silverstone, the British Grand Prix, thanks to Eccleston and, and as a, as a comp compensation for not getting my super licence. They got me that M1 driver race at Silverstone. But yeah, there's got to be some common sense more in this world, you know. I mean, there are certain things. There are Twitter people saying, 
should someone that was demoted from League Two get a place in Premier League or something? You know, I mean, there's been ridiculous comments on Twitter. They all seem to be just you know anti Colton Herter, and they're all obsessed with you know him not coming in. But um, they obviously don't know how hard yeah. it is to drive an Indy car. Yeah, IndyCar. We'll come on to IndyCar, which is a dull race, by the way. But we'll come on to that in a moment. But- uh, one more news as well, Porsche. Yeah. Right, that's all falling apart, the Porsche Red Bull deal. Well, it's so. so confusing. Is it going to be engine? Is it going to be the name on there? Is it going to be a sponsor? You know, So everybody's confused of what it is, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen now anyway. No, not from what I've heard. Okay. So and Lewis's little rant, uh, the back spads are saying, ah, petulance should never be allowed, awful. But let's be fair, Max, Max <laughs> masterclass, but also he's a master at ranting at his team and when things don't go his way as well. So it's, we, we've all been there. When um, something doesn't go right, you have a bit of a <laughs> shouting session and then 10 minutes later, you've calmed down. But especially I've seen you're on board to the catering race. So yes, yeah. these drivers getting upset a lot. <laughs> So, um, Caterham, do caterers get super license points? I don't know. Maybe we should start a campaign to make sure caterum drivers are rewarded super. I mean, that's very competitive racing. Yeah, it's funny, isn't no, it? Maybe because, not. I, because then I look at we'll come on to F2 now, and that's it reminds me of caterum a little bit because there's, yeah. there's so much more evenly matched, but they do give each other a bit of argy bargy as well, don't they? But again, another of my another rule that I complain about by soap, but because they had this awful chaos, I've always thought the restarts in Formula One, when, you know, the pace car disappears, doesn't it? And you've got the, the lead car. often causes controversy because he holds back and you know, he can go whenever he wants to go. They introduced the rule, you mustn't go a bit faster and then slow down again. But still, they got this, I think, looks a bit silly, restarting whenever you feel like it. Because the showbiz of America, which, of course, we mustn't copy American things, you know, the NASCARs come to the restart zone and they can only start in that zone. So everyone restarts at the same time, you know where it is. Same with IndyCar. Um, but they had this pace gun, the Formula 2 race, which highlighted what can happen because Liam Lawson was leading and he was one of six cars that started the F2 race on the hard tyre and they were now holding up a pack of people that had started on the soft tyre and then he just swapped. So it was a bit of a funny mix-up. And he did what he wanted to do, was to lead all the way around as late as possible to give the soft tyre guys less chance of you know overtaking and gets them. So Lawson just went slower with one very slow speed and of course, the guys at the back are thinking, well, he must have gone by now because I can't see him. You know, we must have gone by now. You know, so they start going quicker. Yeah. And it ended up with, you know, R- Richard Vestal, the Dutch driver, punting Jack Doohan into the wall. And it was just dangerous, you know. And yeah. I just, I would go to the American system and just say, well, there is your start zone. You know, let's have you all come around and it'd be a great spectacle. And you wouldn't have this, these, this warm up lap controversy that goes on all the time. And, it's and all occasionally that Constantino effect. It's that massive yeah. Constantino effect. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good good thing to look at as well. The problem is we just mentioned the rules and they're so stuck in the rules that you've got to evolve as well because the cars evolve, the drivers evolve, everything yeah. evolves. And uh, Things the, track, change. the tracks as well. Yeah. What did you yeah. think of the track, by the way, at Zandvoort, where they put that artificial, um, it was like a, supposed to be a slippy yeah, like slippy Look surface. good. Look so good to gravel, me. They had this like a lino type thing. Yeah, well, look, I think it was actually glued gravel. And it was quite bumpy, so it would upset the car, but it wasn't like a, a, a elephant curb that they hate, which launches the car into the air. I saw a couple of cars, you know, pinched inside after trying to make a manoeuvre and go over it, you know, and it, it didn't kick gravel on and it seemed to work really well. Be interesting what the drivers say, whether they, they did lose grip or whether, because you know, if you go around a left hander and it's on the apex, yeah, it kind of all the wheels much. are on. Yeah, all the, yeah. yeah. So. yeah. 
Um, we, want to, we need to try some of that on the outside now. Yeah. Glued gravel on the outside of the corner to see. Yeah. We're coming up to Monza, of course, which we'll preview later in the show. But that second chicane, it's always famous. They come out the second chicane before the Ascari corners, and the gravel is right at the edge of the curb. And there's forever cars going out, and there's gravel and crap being flying up in the air. It doesn't slow them down much. They've got one wheel in it, in it anyway. It's um, anyway. So Formula Two, yeah, it was all controversial. Um, that happened. Uh, Felipe Drugovic, so the Brazilian one, he was on pole, won with ease after all the chaos went going to increase his lead in the championship. Richard Vachur survived punting poor old Dewan into the wall and finished second with a, a dented nose, good for the Dutch, Dutch driver. And Ayumi Iwasa, this Japanese boy who maybe I think should replace a certain Formula One driver at the moment. Sorry, but um, I think he's had his days really in his alpha towery. There's a lot of chances, hasn't he, the young lad? But yeah. I don't think he's going to... If you're, if you're given a season or best part of a season, over half a season, and you can't do anything... Well, no, but he keeps making mistakes. He's actually quicker than Gasly, like Yuki, but he, I don't know. Maybe one more year, Yuki. One more year. But he still makes these errors. He fell you're, off in quality practice. You're a very generous uh, pit boss <laughs> um, uh, team manager, I tell you. I, 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 I'll be out. That's it. Cut him. <laughs> but there's, well, actually, Red Bull normally are famous for that, you know, Mastery. But obviously, exactly. while, they're still, while they're still negotiating with Honda, maybe with this sort of things, Japanese involvement with Honda Edge. But then you could put another Japanese driver in. Now, the sprint race was won by, from a front row man, Marcus Armstrong, who won his third reverse grid race. So Marcus Armstrong, the key we can go and say, I won three Formula 2 races this year, but in my book, she hasn't won any yet, Marcus. It was Drugovic from Poles, so he had to start 10th. Finished 10th. I mean, it just shows the fastest guy out there couldn't make much progress. The DRS doesn't work as, as well in F2 or even worse in F3 than it, as it does in Formula 1. I think they really struggle to overtake in the lower formula. If we go down to the lower form, more controversy, more soapbox. <laughs> because they threw a rep, the last lap of qualifying. It's like Monaco, you know, as I said, overtaking so hard. So, so the grid at Zandvoort was a bit like Monaco, so important to qualify up front. And there was someone got probably about three quarters way down the pack going onto their last lap with a new set of tyres. We all know that's the lap when you get your lap time normally to finish and get on the grid. And he fell off at that banked turn three or four in the big bank. He nosed it into the barrier at about 50 miles an hour. It wasn't a big shunt. The car was stuck up on the high banking, stationary, not moving. And so three quarters of the field ahead of him were on their last lap. This is my lap to get on the grid. And they threw a red flag. Now, with a car stationary up in the wall, yellow flags would have been absolutely fine to protect and to warn people to stationary cars. Yellow flag on a qualifying run, if you get a yellow flag, you must have, might as well have bought your lap anyway, because you can't improve your lap time anyway. If you see any yellow flags on your qualifying laps, you should obviously back out of them anyway. But Ollie Behrman, I mean, I'm upset mainly because he's a British driver. I mustn't even know, but mustn't back out of your British. Ollie Behrman, having done a really good lap, third in the championship. You know, this, this is championship points with, what, two rounds to go. He's 100 yards or 200 yards from the chequered flag on the straight, and they threw the red flag. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's, so it's, uh, it's, it's just mindless. I mean, just, Safe, safety first, which obviously, but then they've taken it to the extreme here. They're so paranoid that something's going to go yeah. wrong. Yeah, they and throw then, red flags all over the place. Now, and obviously, so many in, red in flags, free practice, well, well yeah. free practice one, free practice two, when you're going to recover the car. But they've got to think, last lap of qualifying, you know, really, really? When Oli yeah. Berman, he qualified 14th in the end. You, you got one to, point because it ruins allowed, the whole weekend. Yeah, it does. Are you allowed to put fuel in during um, final qualifying or not? No idea. 
No, I don't know either. Because where's that I, come from in your head? Well, because my my very <laughs> tiny little motorsport brain is thinking, why don't they go out? Because you know, places like Monaco and Zandvoort, they're they're often crashing. Do more laps. Yeah, why, they run well, why don't they do the, the opposite? Do less laps, but get their flying lap out the way first with their nice. Oh yeah, why do they all wait in the pits? Yeah, all why do they wait that's for the last a bit weird thing, isn't but it? But why do they, they do that? Train. I don't because know. They want the track to be rubber. Yeah, rubber up track. Okay. All right. Benny Sawley, but he got one point out the weekend. He got from 14th to 11th in the reverse grid rate, got to 10th in the main race. So he got one point. He's fallen to fourth place in the championship now, and it's pushed him right out. Whereas the Barbadian, Zane Maloney, who's this new sensation in a way, because he got pole before he was ahead of the, the red flags. Uh, he had his second win on the trot. So it's quite an impressive uh, run by Zane, who was a British Formula 3 champion in 2019. Uh, the championship leader, Victor Martins, was second. Brits, um, Zach O'Sullivan, our other two Brits, and Johnny um, Edgar, they finished third and fourth in the reverse grid race, but twelfth uh, and ninth in the main race. Um, and the sprint race was won by Chow Collette, the Brazilian, if you're interested. Well, it, and if you're interested in red flags, let's go on to Porsche Super Cup. <laughs> oh, Harry. No, no, I can't talk about it. We're all oh, waiting Harry for King. our young Brit, Harry King, such a dominant <laughs> British champion. And uh, he's, he's winning the Better Looks Championship, the, the racing, maybe at, uh, maybe at Spa and Zolder and uh, Spurn. But yeah, he got second on the grid, made another bad start. He starts having that good. Um, he made one bad one at Silverstone, I think, when he was second on the grid. Anyway, he was third off the first lap. At the end of the first lap, he wasn't really looking like he was going to try and overtake, but he locked up the fronts. Uh, just slammed into the poor guy that was second and took them both out. So maybe his best chance to win. He's only got one chance left. He'll be back next year, but he's still a very talented. But he's just, we've been hoping he'd win a race this year, but... There's still not. time. So not much, but there is One time. to go. Yeah. Um, and, there, and there were red flags. There was, uh, because you had the pro-ams as well, and you had the... Uh, the gentleman drivers in there, and there was there, there's a lot of argy bargy in Super Cups. I didn't look that far. I turned off after Harry. I went for a went for because I was catching up with all this news late last night. So it was... okay, uh, let's go to um, MotoGP then, shall we? Um... Yes, this Ducati fight back. I'm, I'm Ducati are just dominant. Bit of trouble at MotoGP at the moment because um, Suzuki are leaving, less seats. Ducati are dominating. Uh, Honda um, on the racks at the moment, doing really badly, waiting for, for Marquez to come back from his injury. Hopefully, Marquez, finally, his arm will be fixed and he can ride a bike again. Um, but this Ducati, because of course, it looked like Fabio Guattararo was going to walk away for a second consecutive title. But then, then Ducati had come back and Francesco Bagnaia wins again. A hat-trick of wins now. His last eight races, he's had five wins and three crashes. <laughs> if, he, if, he, if he finishes, he wins. So it's amazing. But he's now only 20 points behind uh, Quattraro with the three rounds still to go. And I think it was 20 points for a win. So and there were six Ducatis in the top eight on the grid. And they really are. It's the factory cars and, of course, the satellite teams as well. Um, Quattraro was eighth on the grid, managed to get to fifth at the finish to get a few more points. But it was Maverick Vinales in the Aprilia who stopped a Ducati full podium. He finished third. So the Aprilias are still around, but um, we had another leader fall off, Jack Miller, uh, Ducati factory driver leading. It's always amazing we say this every time. We amazes this every time. Showing how much they're on the edge. You know, the, and he dumped his Ducati into the gravel from the lead. I don't think Max Verstappen would ever do that, do you? Although he did spin, didn't <laughs> he, he? Did in, spin. in Hungary. He, he did still won. He still carried on in the league. <laughs> he still... <laughs> I'm fine. 
Uh, but yeah, so it was great racing out front because I thought it was Bastianini, I think, was uh, pressurising Bagnaia all the way to the finish. So it was, it's good stuff. Sadly, though, there was no no joy for our British riders. Not only MotoGP, of course, but Moto2. Sam Lowe's still not fit back. He's not back from his injuries. And Jake Dixon, who had been on such form recently, he crashed during quali or practice, so he had some problems, qualified 18th, and then dropped it on the first lap. So Jake Dixon, a miserable weekend. Moto3, we've got our three runners in, in Moto3. Um, the Scott, John McPhee, he battled away, qualified eighth, ended up ninth, but he wasn't never quite on the leading pace where he normally is. So John didn't really have a very good race. And the two vision track racing boys had an awful time. Scott Ogden ended up at the back of the pit. I think he had some problems. Um, so not a good time at all. But Mizano, it's a bit of an Italian ground there because it's where they all run when they're kids and everyone knows Misano. So the Italians was the four. Uh, and I was going to Ford, ask you yeah. what's it like because it's very much a I only a, know it's, it's a, a bike, bike track, track. Yeah, yeah it is a bike track and all these Italian kids have grown up there racing every weekend so not surprising the Italians was the four the Brits was the back so, but Dennis Foggia won Hatchiger wins he's won the last three races now at Mazzano in, in Moto3 to push himself into the title con- con- uh, contention so no joy for our Brit we need some more Brits in MotoGP Okay. But it was all um, entertaining. It was a great race. It, was great. it always, always is, isn't it? It, it always is. Um, Very entertaining. So over in the USA, uh, I think, look, I actually watched IndyCar. I didn't watch NASCAR. I watched IndyCar. Um, and it was a bit dull, I'll be honest with you, too. Well, I did say, I did say last week, I said Portland is not a very exciting track, but it's got a chicane. Well, there's always crashes and the restarts, the yellow's called yellow's. So there used to be lots of crashes. However, Interesting now for the FIA, Formula One. Are you listening? Because the, they released the pack in the middle of the straight, they, they all went to all the drivers. Every time they had this crash, this very tight first year came, but like Monza, you know. Um, so the drivers said, well, look, if you start us further back on the straight, let's start the race from further back. We'll then be more spread out by the time we get to the chicane. Guess what? It worked. There wasn't a crash in turn one for the first time in about 10 years. I don't and in fact, there wasn't even a crash, which is very unusual IndyCar until... The 84th yeah. lap, there was a yeah. little incident. When poor old Jimmy was squeezed into the wall by the Jimmy Johnson. Renus VK. I mean, he was minding his own business. It often happens in, in every race. You see someone come down, the, and they always want to go back to the racing line just a little bit, don't they? You overtake it down the inside. Yeah. Oh, I, just want, I just want to get a bit more of the racing line. And you just squeeze poor old Jimmy into a concrete wall. But it was his call. Um, he, he was there. He'd done the overtake. He'd done the hard I know. Work. But then, then, he then wants, Jimmy they Johnson had nowhere to go. Back. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but so it was a dull race. It was dominated by Penske's uh, Kiwi Scott McLaughlin was on the pace all weekend to but, win but, from willpower. But Zandvoort would have been a dull race in F1 if it wasn't for the safety cars and for the well, yeah, know, yeah. But normally that's what lights up Portland. Lots yeah. of safety cars. But there was no crowd there again. I mean, some of these IndyCar races. And this is where Formula One wins because it's become this event. You know, it's the Hollywood buster, you know, and all the drivers from around the world. That's the only big problem with IndyCar. It's a little home championship. The cars, to me, are wonderful. The racing's no, great normally. You know, and it's very international in terms of the field. You've got I know, and yet, for some reason, that they can't seem to attract the big crowds to these lesser events. 
Yeah, um, I agree. And look at Formula One, even in the in, even in the smallest race, San Marino well, or wh- whatever, you're still going to have a you know significant crowd. And all, all uh, that cat or somewhere they, they make sure you can't see the crowd because there's no there's no there's no grandstands. <laughs> okay, the whole I'll, track. I'll, I'll give you that one. <laughs> the, the crowd's just on the start and finish straight, and Sky Sports will get a little group of ten people and tell them all to go yeah <laughs> madly, and it'll make it look like there's an exciting crowd, but um, there definitely wasn't. But I mean, there was there was a big enough crowd in the main grandstands by the first came, which is obviously where everybody's expecting the action. Um, bit of a surprise that Penske didn't swap Will Power to win, because uh, Power's leading the championship, going yeah. to one round left, Scott McClotted. I think he's about fifth, Scott, so he could still win the title if everybody else crashed out. Um, so he was, But I mean, the story of the race really was Scott Dixon. I mean, this, this guy, I don't know how many times he's won the championship now, I don't know how old he is, but he's been racing for hundreds of years. Amazing talent in IndyCar, but he got from 16th to 3rd. That was helped, actually, by the one and only restarting chicane when the two in front of him tried to overtake each other and pushed each other out, I forget who it was, and so Scott got that move from about six to third, just in that one rerun. But the thing about the IndyCar again there is that when the refuel, they can run the red, the quick red tyres or the slower black tyres, but they can run as many as they want, you know, and they can run used reds, which aren't as quick as sticker reds. And so you get so many pit stops, a bit like Formula One sometimes, those circuits where you get a four-stopper. So the middle of the race, you know, someone's up in third, but in fact they haven't stopped yet, therefore they should be 15th. And it's quite hard to sort of get excited or, or follow a dice because the dices don't go on for enough laps before one of them goes to the pitch, another set of tyres. So that, that is an element of the race that makes it sometimes a bit confusing to watch. Well, and ultimately, um, as a fan, you want to see racing. You want to see people overtaking. You want to see people and follow wheel them to for wheel. at least 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, it's a battle that goes on and you can follow it. But then all of a sudden, as I say, yeah. one ducks in. You don't want um, them to always win on a strategy. And I know the teams are so important yeah. and Red yeah. Bull and Mercedes both are, 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 are pretty good at that. But um, yeah, you want, you want to see some racing. That's what we want to see. Yeah. So a bit confusing, but a Penske demonstration around a track was not that good, but the drivers sorted out how not to crash the first corner <laughs> by telling them where to have the restart. Might not work next year. British drivers, Callum Eilot's getting better and better. Yep. Bigger reputation. He's running a little single-card team. You know, he's come out of Formula 2, should have been a user of Formula 1 nearly in Grand Prix racing. He finished ninth, one of his best results. Jack Harvey, again, midfield, finished 15th. So but Eilot, Callum Eilot really getting to get a bit of attention over in America. Yeah, good, and deservedly so. And then the NASCAR, well, NAS- the NASCAR was fairly chaotic. A lot of red table. I haven't watched it all through because it was late last night. And again, you talk about strategy. I mean, one of the, one of the, a lot of the leading challenges for the title had problems. That was the big drama. We'll come to one later, Kyle Larson. But um, Eric Jones won for Petty Enterprises, the famous Richard Petty team. They don't win very often. They haven't won this year. I'm not sure they even won last year. Uh, so a good win for Eric Jones. But it was the dramas of some of the playoff front runners. Uh, Chase Elliott, who's leading the points, he spun out on his own, you know, spun out. They do do that in NASCAR uh, and ended up at the back, didn't finish at all. Uh, uh, who was it? Kyle Busch was leading in his Toyota, went out after a pace car, the engine blew with about 20, 30 laps to run. Uh, then Kevin Harvick, his car burst into flames. He only just got into the playoffs, the last 16, the top 16, with a couple of late season wins. Uh, and he, the interview afterwards, I'd love to know what the FIA or Formula One would do. <laughs> Because basically his car caught fire. They think it was a bit of rubber build-up in the, in the wheel arch that actually caught fire. But then it spread into the car. And Harvick afterwards, he was effing and blinding about the <laughs> organisers. <laughs> Crappy parts, shitty parts. Um, they don't know how to run anything. 
Uh, and they're also playing because they're, they're a bit unhappy about this new generation cards first season. And when it backs into walls, there's not enough big, um, stuff behind them to stop it. Anyway, but basically something caught front of the wheel. Then the flames started coming to the dashboard. So, you, so, so, so I kept going for a couple of laps, he said, hoping it would blow out. But then the smoke got too much in the cockpit. And the car really caught far badly. You had to bail out of it. But yeah, he was really having a go at the crappy parts. And then Kyle Larson, the other possibility to, to do well in one of the other big stars, he had an engine problem. He dropped four laps behind. And this is the one thing about NASCAR strategy, all these pit stops and pace cars. Um, he, he caught up the four laps. Every time there's a yellow, if you don't go in, everyone else goes in you know, for a yellow. But you, keep on, you can keep on gaining a lap back. But then he spun out on his own and dropped back. So loads of drama in this. And, of course, there's now two more races to go. Harvick's now 16th and last and trying to get through to the next round. So it's most likely, you know, unless two or three other drivers have a complete uh, knockout. So interesting stuff in NASCAR. Exciting stuff if you wanted to follow it and the countdown to the championship. So exciting. Unbelievable. Don't miss a single NASCAR race. Sarcasm gets you nowhere. I'll give you an opportunity to get your own back on a bit of sarcasm. Your old mate only went viral on the weekend, didn't he? Did you know that? Did you see my Instagram? Well, you, I mean, that was a joke, surely. You, you can't get two million followers. <laughs> so we film, we film, spend hours, yeah, I days, might, I might. weeks. Less for me, I would get two million if people would switch on properly. Hours, days, weeks, planning and filming. Uh, we spend a lot of money and we, we, we're quite proud of what we do together. We uh, are, we and, are. And for love cars. But we don't get many views. Uh, this podcast is quite evident. We don't get many views, but we enjoy what we do. Um, but I put a little iPhone video on, on Instagram. It's yeah. funny how social media works. It's had over 2 million views. Well, you've gone up the stairs. Yes. Somewhere, that one, that one. 200,000 likes and 1,000 old comments or something. Isn't it funny? So you can get your own back on a bit of sarcasm now. But I wish we could go viral on our motorsport and, and car-related stuff. But there you go. Spread the um, word. Spread the word. We have fun every Monday week? night. We do, yeah, we do. What's it's, coming it's, up? We're, all, we're all moving on. There's poor truck drivers. I mean, I suppose going from <laughs> Sparta, Sparta's Hamburg was a little short trip. But now they're all going on. They're on the way now. The trucks will be on the motorways through the autobahns heading down to Italy for the Monza and it's Formula 1 Formula 2 Formula 3 Porsche Super Cup all the three so plenty of that but also the other world championships we've got the World Endurance Championship which keeps on seems to disappear for about three months and comes back with another round they're over in Fuji where surprise surprise for the Japanese Toyota they've had a wait all this balance of power it's going to be the big problem in the future when we've got the American regulations going against the hypercar regulations anyway now they're taking some weight off the Toyotas and also off the um, Peugeots in the same category. Whereas well, little Alpine, this grandfathered LMP1 car, which they probably don't like much because it gets on winning, uh, they've taken some power off that. It's actually 100 kilos lighter than the hypercars. It shows what these batteries in the hypercars. So they've changed the balance of power. So we'll probably have another, um, another Toyota 1-2 in Fuji. But no Glickenhaus. Glickenhaus said he wasn't going to go because he couldn't afford it. So they've been, they've, the Glickenhaus have really brightened up the championship this year because it's just been a bit of a Toyota thing and there's yeah. one grandfathered Alpine. But of course, you know, we've got all the big wigs coming next year, Porsche coming in and Ferrari the year after. So it's going to be really exciting, World Endurance Venture. World Rally Boys off to Greece, Acropolis, hard, tough, really stages. IndyCar, final round, Laguna Staker. Not a very good track for overtaking. So Laguna Seca is another track. Oh, hello. You know, the, what's it called? You know, the dip. What do they call the left, right? What do they call it now? The Corkscrew. spectacular corkscrew. Yeah. Everyone took. But in fact, it, 
for racing time, it's like down to second gear, break, and then you just sort of drop in and drive out. It's not actually as exciting as Eau Rouge or something, because it's such a big elevation change, the corkscrew. But anyway, tricky to overtake. So I'm not promising too much overtaking as they go for the championship. The NASCARs go somewhere else. I'm not sure where, but they'll be bashing doors and panels. Back home, British GT, go off to Brands Hatch this weekend. You've got British GTs, always spectacular, and Brands Hatch Grand Prix circuit. Those British Superbikes, Bike Boys, Snetterton, and British Superbikes always. So plenty of entertainment in Britain and around the world. Or a Monday night with love cars <laughs> on the grid to bring you all the news and views. Oh, that's, but not, that's, but not, uh, not two million, not two million views. Yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Let's get viral. I'm viral on love cars on the grid. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. See you next week. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.